We have to go back! Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are taking a look at a little film known as Stuart Little. Ah, uh, yes. Little is coming out in theaters. So we said, you know what? Add a Stuart. It's cleaner. It's cleaner. You know, we also just did a review of Big. So if you are tuning in for the first time, you're just like, you guys are bad at programming. No. You're not wrong. That's fine. You're not wrong. And we also reviewed Big. So check it out. We are at Flashback Flicks. So we are reviewing the 1999 movie, Stuart Little. uh, And we're just going to have a bunch of small tiny and little puns throughout it so buckle up now uh so Stuart little follows his tale of Stuart, a mouse who gets adopted by a family whose last name is little um and all the antics that ensue from a mouse being adopted into a family i kind of thought like before i started re-watching this movie that it was basically annie but with a mouse and um i was only partly wrong it's kind of like that yeah yeah except more cat-based antics uh so it stars michael j fox as Stuart little uh gina davis as mrs little hugh laurie as mr little uh and um everyone's favorite child from jerry Maguire, uh jonathan lip nicky mm-hmm. um who played george little nathan yeah. lane uh said you know what listen i I want to save my face for high art films like Mouse Hunt and yes. provided the voice for Snowbell the Cat and a ton of other people, um, mm-hmm. including a Golden Girl, which we don't get to say often on the podcast. And Steve Zahn, which we don't get to say often on the podcast. Hardly ever. Let's get into some history. So uh, Stuart Little was made in 1999. Also, uh, biggest credit that we forgot to mention, written by M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, it's the secret Shyamalan film. Yes. Yeah. It actually gives mm-hmm. uh, context to the happening. Stuart Little is required watching for the happening. It'll make sense, I promise. Yeah. Uh, and basically, they decided to make this into a live-action movie because, you know, turning books into movies is a thing. This movie is loosely based off of E.B. White's uh, book, by the same name, Stuart Little, uh, written originally in 1945. Uh, It concerns the story of a house born to human parents in New York City. And the early chapters, like, is basically what we have in this movie. Just a bunch of everyday city life and encounters that (laughs) mice don't do without Mm -hmm. calling someone to get rid of the mice. But eventually, the book series follows him encountering a friend named Margolo the Bird. So... I just had to say this because I'm just going to read it word for word. So in the in the book, Margolo flies away. Stuart leaves the city in a quest to find her. And he acquires a gasoline-powered model car. That's where the car comes from. And travels the country. He finds employment as a substitute teacher from time to time. And the most notable event includes finding a love interest in his own size, Harriet Ames. So they go on a single date before he leaves to continue his conquest, and the novel has no resolution. <laughs> so. Interesting. So it sounds like a lot of those elements were used for Stuart Little 2, because Margolo is a character voiced by Melanie Griffith in the sequel. Oh, so in Stuart Little 2, Pig in the Big City, he mm-hmm. actually does go on that adventure. 
I don't know if it's that exact one or if he's a substitute teacher or whatever, <laughs> but Margolo is in that. And the synopsis of Stuart Little 2 is that Stuart and Snowbell set out across town to rescue a friend, which I assume from that is Margolo. Yeah. And speaking of Stuart Little 2, uh, back in the habit, Stuart Little's became a huge franchise. Uh, it did really well in the box office with a budget of roughly $105 million. Worldwide, it earned $300 million. Uh, it was followed by Stuart Little 2, Full Throttle, and a short-lived Stuart Little animated TV series where it was 2D animated. And then a direct-to-video Canadian-American collaboration called Stuart Little 3 colon Call to the Wild. And it's also 2D animated. So the first two were um, live-action CGI hybrid. And the last one is just like, ah, we don't got... We don't got that budget. I was not aware that Stuart Little had a TV show. Yeah, the TV show was on HBO. Um, oh, so, I mean, really? it wasn't really TV in that case. Oh, God. Um, so, uh, it was an animated series. There it goes. Um, and it only lasted for one 13-episode season, so it was very short-lived. But it happened and was enough to garner a fan base to make the third little movie. Was it really on HBO? It was. Oh, so they could include all the swearing from the original novel. Yes. Got so E.B. Yes. White is known wow. for his great use of profanity. Yes. Uh, yeah, the first draft of uh, Charlotte's Web. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she spun a lot of four-letter words. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should clarify, it was HBO Family. Oh, didn't know that was a thing. Where So basically, you have HBO has several different... Um, subsidiary so you have hbo hbo comedy uh i even think they have like um i know hbo because i remember there was a show called crash box that i used to watch a lot on hbo mm. family um and it's a very edutaining show which you know makes sense as to why sesame street would go to hbo as well since i think since then they have all just had it be under one roof had no idea. And now you know. So this was not my first time watching this movie. I watched this movie several times. And I distinctly remember the brief period in time in my life where I was really into RC cars. Oh, yeah. Um, and I really wanted Stuart's car. I'm like, oh, man, that would be so cool. I bet so many of my toys could fit in there. That That's my biggest uh, visual reminder of Stuart Little. And I also forgot how... Well, it like the CGI actually holds up. Yeah, that's the thing. Even if the resolution now and like you can kind of see the seams and stuff, the actual character animation is superb. Like yeah. the nuances of all the animated characters is unbelievable, yeah. uh, especially for the time. Right? Yeah, because this is 1999, like the same year as The Matrix. Uh, so it was a good year for film. We got The Matrix. And Stuart Little. Mm, so. The mouse tricks. <laughs> now, the only thing that I... Usually on this podcast, we don't get too negative uh, yeah. about anything. And you're um, going to choose Stuart Little to break that rule? <laughs> Stuart Little... We've done <laughs> Dark Man 2. <laughs> Um, but it, it, but this has more so to do with the premise of the, of the story, not necessarily the movie itself. Okay. Uh, and a new segment I'm going to make up called Don't Think Too Much About It, in which I'm just mm. going to say a bunch of things and 
basically, Grayson, just tell me don't think too much about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I could not get over the fact that this family says, you know what we need to do? We need to adopt this mouse because our last name, hold, you're going to want to sit down for this, is Little. Because he's a, mm. he's a mouse. But what about these other children who have, you know, human lifespans? Nope. Gotta go for the joke. We gotta mm. do it. We have to do it. I could see that. But you know what, Ricky? Don't think too much about okay, it. Okay, okay. I won't, I won't yeah. do it. You know, I think that's it. I think that's it. Very all short right, segment. Just, just the one? Just, just, just that one. The I, fact that all the other children are still orphans, I, but the mouse that could literally live in a shoebox uh, gets a full bed. Yep. So it's mainly the injustice of it that you. I just because they just walk into this orphanage and they're like, hmm. I mean, none of the kids really wowed us the way this mouse did. Um, <laughs> you know, you could get two kids. Nah. Also, nope. Sorry. Longer segment. So this adoption agency, they said, well, he is a mouse. Do you have any cats that they, that wasn't part of the qualifying process or anything? No. They said, Mm-mm. all right. Well. You want to adopt them? Here you go, and, and you're off. They and the fact that Gina Davis and Hugh Laurie didn't think, oh, we have a cat. <laughs> um, even if they weren't asked, like, why not bring that up? But you know what? I thought about it, but then I didn't think too much about okay, it. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, yeah. Segment over. Thank you for humoring yeah. me. <laughs> sure. Oh, uh, but yeah, I mean, th- this is a it's a sweet little film uh about family and belonging i especially you know i watched shazam this weekend i know humble brag and um i i really did get a lot of those same kind of feels about like you know home is where the heart is and family is also part of that and yeah i i thought it was a sweet little story and uh and and i think one of the biggest things i didn't notice before was how you know the the cat his his reputation was at stake and that's the thing like i don't think i processed as a kid that like oh wow this cat went to the feline mob um and they then hired two mice to adopt a kid yeah uh, there's a lot of peer pressure and uh pride i guess yeah a lot of deep emotions motivating the action of this movie yeah and bruno kirby who was mr stout had a great time we you might recognize him as jess uh from when harry met sally uh but it was it was great to see him because he played the fake this mr stout Uh, yeah I, i just was so entertained by his voice acting i was just like no i believe this mouse exists in the real world um and maybe my favorite line in the entire film and maybe any movie ever stewart's parents died in a tragic cream of mushroom soup incident years ago and uh and to say that was a straight face well julia sweeney is a pro so yeah you know yeah. yeah That scene is actually, to me, the most memorable scene in the entire movie. Because I saw this as a kid as well. All I really remember is that scene of her telling them how they died. Because it was the first time I was ever made aware that you could use dental records to identify a dead body. Um, That was my big takeaway from this movie. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. That's that's some of the Shyamalan uh, creeping through, I think. Yep. Yeah, had to identify them by their dental records. That you—that's a thing. Huh. That's a thing. Yeah, 
I always associate dental records with Stuart Little, and that's not a joke. Like when I hear like they had to use dental records, I'm like, oh, Stuart Little. Wow, why is Forensic Files making me think of Stuart Little and vice versa? Now, now, Grayson, long-term listeners of the podcast uh, will know what we're talking about, but I'm I'm just going to bring new listeners up to speed. One of my most hated films ever is a Disney Pixar film by the name of Ratatouille. Yes. Um, It is because Ratatouille looks like a real rodent inside a kitchen cooking food. And they made him look too real. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't get on board with it. Stuart Little is how they should have done Ratatouille. Like, Stuart Little, he only looks like a mouse in the face. But he's standing up on all fours. Oh, I see. He, like... He he's he's like Mickey Mouse. Like he's like, what would Mickey Mouse look like if he was a like a real rodent? They they would they would take the Stuart Little approach and not the Ratatouille approach. Got it. Like he's like stands up, he wears pants, he goes shopping in the the not kin of the Ben doll section. And I'm like, yes. Like, don't make me think about his like rodentness. Like just like, oh what a, what an adorable little mouse doing human things. That's cute. As opposed to nope. These are like real rodents, like rats that are in your food. But they wash their hands, Ricky. I care not. Pixar's pixels were too good. And they they made me believe that there was a rat in the kitchen. And I don't care about the message that anyone can cook. They did it wrong. I think they should have approached it like Stuart Little at me. I'm on Twitter, at Stu Dippin. <laughs> Yeah, I was never really on board until we watched the other E.B. White movie of Charlotte's Web and saw that uh, saw the rat from that in the cotton candy machine. And I haven't had cotton candy since. I've been offered like three <laughs> times, I don't know, fairs and things. Yeah. And I'm always like, you know what? I'm good. <sighs> but yeah, Stuart Little, all for it. Like he could have been cooking. He could have done whatever he wanted because they did it the right way. Now... I think something that could have happened to make me feel a little bit better about um, the lack of human adoptions um, is if they we would have followed like the second family that walked in after the Littles. They're just like, hey, um, we're looking to adopt a kid. It's like, oh, well, what's your last name? Oh, our last name? We're the Head Cannons. Head Cannon. Head Cannon is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. And in this case, they were looking for just a little anthropomorphic canon just to make their family complete. Okay, so my biggest piece of head canon is that the little house is the same house from Up. Oh, um, yeah, they look very similar. They do. And so my head canon is that... Um, and I haven't verified this, so just stick with me here. You might be saying things like, oh, well, they are even the same. They don't even have the same name. Uh, you think I don't know that? Okay. This is my headcanon. You'll get your turn. Um, so in up Carl, Carl Fredrickson, um, you know, he grows, we we see his life and times and everything. He he lives in a different time period, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, with the exception of the RC cars and the blatant Radio Shack product placement, um, this kind of feels like it takes place not necessarily in the early 2000s, but more like the 50s or 60s or so. 
I'd agree. I'd even go as early as 40s, yeah. possibly, but yeah. So my headcanon is that George Little actually grows up to become Carl. Oh, I like that. So Jonathan Lipnicki is just a young Carl. Yes. And then, I mean, he has glasses, and that's where the similarities end. He uh, does have glasses. He, ha- they, he has glasses, and he lives in that adorable little house. What a tragic uh, life that kid's going to have. Yeah. It's just like like a fairy tale. The end for now. He's going to experience heartbreak that will only rival that of Fox and the Hound. That's a depressing movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the time period is pretty uh, ambiguous for most of it. It's kind of hard to nail down, uh, which is helpful for my headcanon, uh, because my headcanon, go with me on this journey. Okay. Remember back to Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after Marty's death in the street race, this is an alternate timeline, of course. Yeah. He has the, the street race with needles, hits the Rolls Royce, dies. Doc traveling through time, finds out about this event, and instead of trying to meddle with that never happening, what he does is he transfers Marty's consciousness into one of his lab rats, one of his test mice. And so Marty is living inside the body of a mouse, which is Stuart. This would be traumatizing for Marty to know that he is, you know, in a mouse body. So he kind of resets his memory but doc can't let go of marty just before doc passes from old age i would assume he sends Stuart marty back in time uh to a place where he knows he's going to be safe uh which would be the childhood home of his own father george so my headcanon is that little george is actually or george little is uh, a young george mcfly and is raising, in this alternate timeline, his son as a mouse. Um, there are just so many uh, kind of visual and uh, like line-based tie-ins to these two movies, too. Um, it's uh, everything from like the Western scene and the trains, where he's like, I'm a cowboy, oh. hold on, cowboy. And uh, even the car itself is very much like Biff's Roadster that he has, uh, the convertible wow. red Roadster. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think it's also fun to point out that George Little and George McFly dress the same way, even to the point of a white tux, um, the same white tux between them. There's a connection with remote controlled vehicles between the two movies, uh, people sliding down wires. Uh, there's just like visually a lot of, uh, like echoing that is happening. Uh, even, even the line who is that mouse anyway? And they go, that's no mouse. That's my brother, which is just like whenever Marty uses the 1955 skateboard and they're like, who is that? And Lorraine's like, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. It just felt like it was in the same world there. So that would make Hugh Laurie, Arthur McFly, and Gina Davis Trixie, if you're following the video game, which was basically like a fourth movie. Um, and my sub headcanon to all of that is that the picture that they have, the family photo of the Littles, uh, is actually starting to fade 
but they can't tell that he's starting to fade because they cut his face out of the portrait. Um, but that it would start to do the same kind of like dissolving thing wow. as Stuart is in trouble and this timeline has been so messed up. They even say they don't have lucky underwear, which will probably end up being Calvin Klein underwear when they do get some oh, lucky underwear. Oh, man. But yeah, at the heart of it is that young George is George McFly raising Marty, who has his physical body was killed in that accident, but his brain lives on in Stuart. But he he doesn't remember all that because Doc reset it before he sent him back in time uh, at the end of his own life. Wow. That's pretty convincing, Grayson. Well done. It was fun. It totally changed the way uh, I interpreted this movie. And I was not afraid to reach to try to bring it all together. Oh, that's that's very good. All right. Now we're going to go to the part of the show where we like to talk to you guys about recast and remakes. Recast. Remake. If this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Starting with Stuart, I think we all know who it's going to be. It's going to be probably Andy Serkis in the mocap suit. Oh. Um, But... Doing all the family members. I just feel <laughs> I would believe the little family unit if they were all played by mocap suit Andy Circus. Mm-hmm. For the I, I agree with the mocap of it. Uh for mm-hmm. the voices then. Yes. Uh for the voice I had Owen Wilson instead <laughs> of Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Yeah, you give him a redemption from Marmaduke. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's very I mean because he's great in cars, but he's, like, cool in cars. Yeah. I want to see him or hear him uh, be a little more neurotic because I feel like that's where he really shines. Yeah, I'm a mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm a cowboy. And he's played he's played tiny toy cowboys before. <gasps> You're right. Yeah. yeah. He just hands his uh, casting agent, there you go. Here's Night at the Museum. I will be awaiting for your offer. I just need you to rotoscope a mouse's head on this footage. (laughs) Then for Gina Davis, I had Kate McKinnon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hugh Laurie, I had Tom Hiddleston. Yes. Oh, that'd be so sweet. Let's bring him in. Let's bring Tom in. Yeah. Uh, And then for Snowbell, I had John Lovitz. (laughs) Uh, He's still in my brain from Big. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can get Nathan Lane if you'd like, but uh, I'm also shocked that none of our headcanon was that uh, Snowbell is the reincarnated version of Nathan Lane from Mouse Hunt, who is having to pay oh. his dues. <laughs> oh, that's good. He's still hunting mice. He's hunting mice no matter what he does. Well, yeah. that's good. Yeah. I would love to see Nathan Lane's uh, Cloud Atlas cut of getting all yeah. of his characters together. And he goes from being a house cat to a meerkat. Oh. And that's when he really finds happiness. Akuna Matata. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then for uh, the dad rat, mm-hmm. Mr. Stout, uh, uh, Jake Johnson. Because <laughs> it almost sounded exactly like him. But I was like, no, that couldn't be the case. Jake uh, Johnson had to be like, what, five or whatever? When yep. this came out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the mom rat, Lisa Kudrow. So. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's really good. Solid cast. Thanks. Then let's just make Stuart Little a drama and call it Big Little Lies. Yeah. Stuart Little Lies. Oh. oh, my goodness, Grayson. That is the best thing. I want to see the, the procedural courtroom drama uh, called Little Legal. Um, and uh, it's just because basically when they were calling the cops, I was thinking like Rescue Rangers. Uh, uh, sometimes, some crimes 
go slipping through the cracks where basically Stuart Little opens up a detective agency and he just solves all these like really tiny crimes. And it's yeah. Did you ever see I I might be going off on a tangent. Did you ever see the show called Inch High Private Eye? Oh, that sounds familiar. It was a it also ha- sounds obscene. <laughs> it was a Hanna-Barbera animated cartoon about an inch high detective who solved crimes just from being an inch tall. Um, he's like, oh, you're, you're not looking at this thing. That was the show. Oh, because he looked at things from a different perspective. Yeah. Oh, kind of like Ironsides. <laughs> Like the trailer for Ironsides where he's like, oh, you didn't notice this thing at couch level, did you? Yep. Got it. Okay. I would love that Stuart Little detective. Oh, he could team up with the Great Mouse Detective, too. I, yeah, oh, I think he could do a yes. cross over there. And the Rescuers. Yeah, all that. Um, and I would love for him to, if it's like a daredevil type legal practice, yes. he teams up with a, a bird who is a parrot legal. Grayson, I hope you're writing all of these ideas down because I think we have job security. Parrot Legal, coming this fall to NBC. Parrot Legal, right after Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine. Oh, by the way, Inch High Private Eye had only one season of 13 episodes. I feel like I've seen all of them, um, but, you know, for all those Inch High Private Eye fans out there, we're long overdue for a revival. Yeah, yeah, 13 episodes. That's not a lot. That's just over a foot. But, um... Everyone deserves better. (laughs) Uh, Okay, now we're going to go to our final segment where we give you our reasons to recommend. Uh, Grayson, why would you recommend the 1999 movie Stuart Little? I recommend Stuart Little because it is a, uh, a story about family and fitting in, especially when you're different. And yeah, it's a, a relatively modern fairy tale, I would say, which is sweet and heartwarming, but yet very much in the style of Shazam in the sense that it is a family that uh, may not be your, your standard traditional family, but it is... Uh, a strong family and they they love each other dearly and they're willing to put themselves in danger for the other ones uh just to to bring the family together and be safe and they st- they never stop fighting for that family um if anyone's not part of this family it's snowbell <laughs> you got to cut that cat out yeah they didn't even think of snowbell like oh yeah we'll be fine it's us we're the family it's like oh snowbell is here that's right you know, there's just one thing Snowbell had to do to not be, you know, treated like a cat. That was talk to humans. Just say something. You can. I wrote down on my cards because I didn't remember that Snowbell, like, spoke. I, I wrote, like, is this a world where m- mice can talk but cats can't? And then it's like, oh, they can't. Why is the cat not also wearing clothes and shoes and stuff? Why? Why wouldn't... But you know what? I'm not going to think about it too much. Don't, just don't think about it. We'll be in the uh, the goofy Pluto Y loop for for hours, oh, Grace. Yeah, that's for, disturbing. For hours. Yeah, basically treating Pluto like the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Uh, so I would recommend Stuart Little because it is it's it's a it's a fun, cute little family film, uh, and it 
It's also one of the few Shyamalan films where you don't see the twist coming of a happy ending. So, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, And it's one of those films that really, I think, kind of inspire you of just like, okay, great. So, I mean, they just made like a movie about a mouse getting adopted. It's like, yeah. Like, like, especially with children's books or anything, like there's no premise so outrageous that you can't like tell a story with like that premise so i i, I was mm-hmm. particularly inspired with the creativity of it just like oh yeah they they said oh yeah what if a what if a mouse like you know this is family the family's named little he's little it's uh it's great so you you get it little stuff <laughs> it's like all right here's a uh, hundred million dollars take it M. night Shyamalan. i'm sure this won't awaken anything in you um so yeah i i i recommend it for that and all those reasons. And it's a cute little film. And that is our little review of Stuart Little. Let us know what you remember about Stuart Little on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all places we are at Flashback Flicks. We really want to hear from you. And it would mean a lot to us if you left us a tiny review on your podcasting platform of choice. One to five stars is good. Five stars would be um, we're a great little a big little podcast um, and one star is that we're, we're too little to recognize. You know, at first I was like, wow, we're just going with stars. That's going to be the most straightforward rating system uh, we've had. And then the description of it, man, set that right level of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> How else will you know it's from us? It's a great little to a little disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. So with Game of Thrones coming back, I, I've kind of been toying with this idea of you know the pen is mightier than the sword. And so I thought it was appropriate if we make the Sean pen mightier than the sword in the game. It works on multiple levels. Yes, it sure does. And it doesn't get much bigger than Game of Thrones or smaller than Michael Douglas because of the Ant-Man stuff, right? You're right. Actually, I didn't believe you before about the levels, but it does now. That's a third level. (laughs)